Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about a Second Students ministry, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Search Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Second Students podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. Uh, wherever you're listening from, whether that's in your AirPods, in your car, at home, wherever, we're glad you're here. And we have two guests this morning. We have Seth Phipps. Taylor, I wouldn't really say that we're guests. True. <laughs> the other one is Aaron Sheldon. Yeah, and Aaron, Aaron Sheldon is here. Yeah, not guests. They technically work here too. Yeah, but hey. they are—they are special to us and our hearts. And so. I've actually been here longer than both of you. You have. Don't Aaron's. put me in this. I mean, are you just doing bragging rights? I did not say or this. What are we doing? I am. I am speaking of, uh, yeah, bragging rights. We know you're the oldest. Moving on. Yes. Well, actually, Lindsay's the longevity. oldest. Longevity. Yeah. Keep going. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> now we uh, we heard from y'all on Sunday. And I just wanted to sit down like we have in the past few weeks and just discuss just a few points from your messages. And so I have one. I want to dive in. I don't want, I don't want to waste any time. And so a quote from Scripture, I think it's in verse 15 in the passage that you're in. Remind me which chapter we're in. Chapter 5. Chapter 5 that of is, Matthew. Yes, Matthew chapter 5, verse verses 15. 14, 15, and 16. Right, and in, in verse 15, it's mentioned, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. And so the question I want to ask today is, if we are the light, why do you think some people try to hide the fact that they are Christians? And if they do, two-part question, what impact does that have on others? Aaron, you got this. I think that our culture and our society really feeds to us and tells us that being a Christian is, one, uncool, and two, not fun. Um, that's what the culture t- tells kids, and that's what the music and the TV shows, and that's what a lot of they hear a lot of the times. Um, and so I think that sometimes that can get into their minds, and they... Um, strive to be liked by others and popular and all these things in school because I know because I did it too in high school and so that is really a big driving force and why a lot of a lot of kids and honestly a lot of adults try to hide the fact that they are believers and that they do walk with Jesus um, because of the culture and everything that 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 feeds us um, today and so I think that has a huge impact on everyone because um whenever we are the example like Jesus left right like he doesn't live on the work on the earth anymore physically and so we are how other people see Christ through us through the way we live how we treat people how we act and we're called to live differently and so if we aren't doing that then who like who is right so we are that example to everyone and we are called to be that and it is a heavy responsibility it's um but it's also so worth it. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add, Seth. Yeah, one of the illustrations. So every week, the speaker in the high school and junior high room talk and kind of plan their, their, their messages together. And so one of the illustrations that Aaron came up with that we both used was um, how uh, my, my iPhone that's very expensive is not meant to be used as a coaster for my 
my beverage, right? It's, it's meant to be used as a phone. Yeah. And so what, what Jesus is really saying here is this image of using the light in the wrong way. It's not meant to be hidden. It's meant to be, as he says after that in the verse, on a stand and give light to the entire house. And so what Aaron said is, is the great reason why, um, spot on, but I think that we have to, we have to be okay with and be passionate about shining the light. The light, yeah. Jesus Christ, the gospel, is not meant to be hidden. It's not meant to be forgotten. It is meant to be shared and used in a powerful way. Yeah. And so students, adults, whoever, shine the light of Christ that is in you. And don't be afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. And if other things have gotten in the way, if, if other things are more important or you're not shining because of you know, all the things that Aaron mentioned, then check those things. Check your heart. Priorities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, and just like when it says earlier in that passage that a city on a hill, like talk about a city on a hill, like not being elevated or elevating ourselves, as I remember hearing what Aaron had to say of it's not elevating ourselves to in a, in a weird way, but it's elevating or putting ourselves in a position to shine out that light, right? Yeah. And so I want to ask another question in, in that context of, I'm putting myself in a position to shine the light, not shine myself or to self-promote. But you both hit on this phrase, quote, more of Jesus and less of ourselves. And so if we're to act out and show how important Jesus is to us, I wanted y'all to kind of give us some examples of these good deeds that show that we know Jesus. And some examples for our listeners that are mainly that were geared towards students, that what can they do in their schools, in their communities, with their families, whatever, and what impact would those good deeds have on others around them? When you talk about more of me, less, sorry, more of him, less of me, that's what we're looking for. Um, What gets in the way a lot of times is pride. That's what keeps us from elevating him and pointing others to him and not to me, right? That's getting things mixed up is saying, look at me, I want to be successful, famous, again, all those things that Aaron was saying that the culture tells us. But if we want to elevate him and point people to him, um, humility is the key. And a lot of times we talk about humility in church and in Bible study and live and in our Christian circles as this, you know, this cute word that really seems unattainable. But humility is something that is very difficult, but is really obtainable as Christians. And I think you said good deeds. I think one is being obedient. I mean, that's what he's saying there is, is we don't want to hear that. But students, whoever's listening, we must as believers be obedient to what God calls us and tells us to do. And that's according to his word. How do I obey him? Read his word and live it out. Um, and then one of the challenges that I gave that can really help in that elevating him, putting the focus on him, is memorizing scripture. I would challenge you and encourage you, you're going to hear this, is um, from me, is, is do, you, do you memorize scripture? Do you know and are you able to quote scripture? I'm not talking about a whole chapter. I'm not talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, a bunch of verses. I'm saying one powerful verse that you memorize that you use in your life. And I think if you memorize one, you can build on that and memorize others. And so I would challenge you, whoever you are, to memorize scripture if you don't. Um, because I think that in those moments, those fleshly moments where you want to be prideful and you want to elevate yourself or you're scared to shine the light of Christ, those memorized passages of Scripture can really help you in humility and all those other things. Yeah, that's really good. <clears throat> um, another thing I was thinking about um, 
the last part of the verse, the passage talks about good deeds. That's how our Father is glorified. And I think that um, we, when you think about good deeds, you can think about, um, yes, you can um, ask a stranger if you can pray for them, or you can give a homeless man $20, or there's a bunch of things you can do that are all good, great things that you should do. But really, living your life should be good deeds every day just by simple things, um, by serving your friends, by how you love people, how you treat strangers at school. Really, your life should be um, consistent in that every single day. And there's not one that'll stick out the most, but just how you live every single day, people will notice that you're different. Um, so you don't have to do anything, something extravagant every single day. Like, this is my good deed for the day. But it's really just a bunch of little things on how you live your life and how you show Christ to your family, to your friends, to your teams, all those things. Um, but, yeah. Living that way should be natural. This is not, yeah. you know, living out good deeds and, and, and obeying the Lord and living out the Bible is not like a checkbox. It's not a checklist. It's not like. I have to do these things to earn salvation, to earn God's favor, his love, his support, his help. That's not how the Bible works. Um, the gift of Jesus is free. It's yeah. called grace, right? We don't have to earn that. But James tells us that the, the works will come out of your faith. And so what Aaron's saying, yes, we have to work at that, but also it should be natural. Hmm. And mm -hmm. you should want and strive to live the way that Jesus lived, to do those good things, to treat people the right way. Like there should be a difference in you versus those who don't know Jesus. Yeah. A clear difference. And so, again, if you're not living that way, which we all do at times, we all get frustrated, we all have emotions, we all get angry, and we all sin and mess up, I would encourage you just to reset your focus and check your heart, get back in the Word, create a habit of prayer, yeah. memorize Scripture. That's good. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good, and definitely some ways that we can apply what we're about to hear to our lives, almost like where it shouldn't be a random act of kindness. It should be a constant life of kindness. That's good. Um, except that just, I don't know, just doesn't flow together. But we can, we can just make it flow. It's, it's going to work out. It works. Yes, living your life full of kindness, something like that. There you go. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a hashtag later on. <laughs> Give me 20 years. Uh, no, this is, this is really fun. I'm so pumped just to be here with y'all. And as we're about to dive in into your message, remember we just started a new series the jesus podcast and that's for the entire month of november and so we're ready to jump in into the parables that jesus is talking about with him and his disciples and we're just going to dive in into seth's message right now so let's hear it um i don't know about you but i grew up and still even to this day a little bit scared of the dark i remember a few times i used to go camping with my dad and we would go camping in the mountains of North Carolina. I'm from over there. And so we would go camping, and we'd be out in the middle of nowhere, right? And I remember this one time, it get really, really dark when we would go camping. Like, so dark. I don't know if you've ever been in a place this dark where you can't see the hand literally right here in front of your face, right? And uh, we were up at a, a campsite with our friends. We were coming back towards our tent, our campsite. My dad and I, it was just us. We had a flashlight, and as we got back to the tent, we started getting ready for bed. And about an hour after we were ready for bed, it was very, very dark. The moon was covered, so there wasn't much light. We began to hear something outside of our tent, walking around and around and around our tent. We could tell it was making a circle. And we thought, okay, this is either our friends playing a prank on us. This is either um, a mass murderer who's going to come get us, okay? Or this is some kind of animal, right? And, uh, 
And so my dad looks for the flashlight to turn it on to figure out what's happening because we thought it was our friends. We began yelling their name, and then he finds the flashlight, and guess what? Of course, it didn't work, right? The batteries had died. My dad was cheap. He bought cheap flashlights. And so we're in the pitch black dark. It is so dark, and something is circling our tent. Imagine that, right? We're like, hello, who's, who's there? Is it an animal? Is it Colton, is that you, my friend? And we never got a response. And so the next morning we asked our friends, and they said, no, we promised we never went down there. And what we decided was it was probably an animal, probably like a mountain lion circling our tent that night. And the scariest part was we couldn't see anything. I hated being in the dark. I hated being home when it was dark. When I was home as a kid, I'd have every single light on in the house, every outside light, every inside light, because I did not like it. Um, have you ever tried to walk around your house in the dark? It's really, really hard to do that unless you really know where you're going. You trip over things, you hit things. The point is that light is important, right? I think we can agree that if these lights weren't on in this room at all, it'd be pretty hard to, to have Bible study in here. It'd be pretty hard to focus, have a message, and meet in small groups and all those things. Light is important. And, and, and in this passage, we're going to hear a lot about light and how important it is. So I want to read it to you together. Verse 14, 15, and 16 says this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is preaching on a mountainside sitting down, most likely, to thousands of people. And he gives one of the greatest sermons. A sermon is what I'm doing right now or what Dr. Young's going to do in a few minutes. He was preaching to the people. He was teaching them. And if you read chapters 5, 6, and 7, it's all about how to live life, how you should live as a Christ follower. And so he's preaching, he's teaching. But in this moment, he turns to the disciples only, to his 12 followers who were closest to him. So away from the group of people, and to the 12 followers. And he teaches them, as Taylor said, in a parable. And that's what this series is going to be about, some parables of Jesus. And he teaches them a parable about light. It was a way to illustrate a point. And this parable, just as it was applicable to the disciples that applied to their life, it also applies to our life today. So what I want to do is I want to go verse by verse, and I want to tell you what it means and how it applies to us. Verse 14 again says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Here's the question. Why are we the light of the world? That's what it's saying there. Sometimes we read this and we go, oh, Jesus is the light of the world. And yes, he is. But Jesus looks at the disciples and says, you are the light of the world. Why? Because because of Jesus being the light, the way, the truth, and the life, the way to get to God, the disciples, the followers of Jesus are also light because we point to Jesus. It's the light in us. So students, listen, if you're a Christ follower here, you would say, I'm a Christian, Seth. Maybe you don't know what that means. That's okay. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. You are carrying the light of Jesus Christ. You're pointing people to him. And then it says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. I want you to picture the city of Houston. Imagine if it was elevated on top of the highest mountain in the world, and you lived in Houston, and you could look over the edge of Houston and see San Antonio and see 
Austin and see Dallas because you were elevated so high. I want you to picture a town built on a hill. A town built on a hill, anything that's raised higher is more visible. And what he's saying there is a town that's elevated, that's high, can't be hidden. It's seen. It's vulnerable. It's exposed. In the same way, when we live for Jesus, students, we are vulnerable and exposed. What does that mean? I like to say this. As Christians, we live in a glass house. What does that mean? Don't answer. What does that mean? Think to yourself. Living in a glass house. Picture this. Your life is like a house. The house that you live in, the apartment that you live in. Picture that your house is, is, is like your life. And you have rooms for everything. Your emotions, your past, all of your hobbies, all of your friends, all of your family, all of your thoughts, all of your actions that people see and don't see. And as Christians, instead of having brick around the house and walls around the house, we have glass. And your glass is see-through. And as Christians, people are looking to look in your life to see how they can tear you down so that they can stop what Jesus is doing. We live in a glass house or in a fishbowl. People can see. They can see what's going on. They want to tear you and me down because they want to stop what Jesus is doing. They want to stop the movement of the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. So a, a way to fight that is to live above reproach. That means to live a life of integrity. Here's how you do that. You stay prepared and competent. Students, as you go into your schools, and in this difficult season right now, for those of you who are back at school, we got to be prepared. We got to read our Bible. We got to pray. We got to stay in the Word and come to church and be involved and engaged. We got to do all those things and also be confident in our faith that what Jesus gives us is greater. The verse goes on. It's verse 15 says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Here's the first thing we see. Light is not meant to be hidden, right? When you, you want to use a light, right, you, you use them. They're not meant to be under a bowl. They're not meant to be hidden. They serve a purpose. So, for example, let's take my iPhone here. This is an iPhone 11. A few weeks ago, I paid $500 to get this iPhone screen fixed, Okay, don't you think this is precious to me, right? I, I'm never going to use this for anything other than what an iPhone is meant to be used for. But imagine if I used it, you know, as a coaster. That wouldn't be smart. That, that would not be intelligent because, yes, it's waterproof and there's a case on it and I could use it as that, but it's not meant to be used in that way. It's meant to be used, number one, to make a phone call. Number two, to send text messages. Number three, to take pictures and so on. It's not meant to be used in any other way. Sometimes we use the light that we've been given in the wrong way. And it's up to us how we use life in Jesus Christ, the light, Jesus, in the right way or the wrong way. Here's what I mean. Are we living a life that points people to Jesus or to something else? Is it pointing people to Jesus or to me or to you? Or are we living a life that says, I'm going to, elevate Jesus. I'm going to put Jesus on a lampstand because it says in the next part of the verse, instead they put it on a stand and it gets life to everyone, light to everyone in the house. Here's what that tells me. More of me, less of him. More of me, less of him. I love uh, the phrase, you might have heard this, I am second. I love that. Some say I am third, Jesus first, others than me. But I like the idea of 
Jesus first. God first. Not my agenda, not my wants, not my desires, but what he wants. And you know what the world is going to tell you, students? You know this. Instagram, Snapchat, TV, Netflix, YouTube, gaming, friends, celebrities, they all say to focus on you. That the most important person in the world is me. I am number one. That's what the world says. So from the world, you're hearing build your kingdom. And from the Bible, you're hearing build his kingdom and he'll build your kingdom. Did you catch that? The Bible says build his kingdom, spread the name of Jesus, point people to Jesus, and he'll take care of your kingdom. He'll elevate you. But sometimes we want to elevate ourselves. We want to lift ourselves up and say, look at me. I want success. I want fame. I want popularity. I want all these things. I want to be a great athlete. I want to have a lot of money. I want to have a great family. Those things are all possible, and they're all great. Those things aren't bad. They become bad when they become our priority instead of him. So what it's saying is, let's elevate him. Just like a light is put on a lampstand and it gives light to the entire house. Probably most of your lights are higher up, right? You don't have a light in your house on the floor. That doesn't make any sense. They're higher so they give more light. Same with Jesus. Verse 16 ends this way. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Here's the how. Okay, Seth, so I came to church today and I, I learned that I, I'm the light because Jesus lives in me because he's the light and it's, he's come into my life and so I can go into a dark world and point people to him. But how do I do that, Seth? How do we do that? Jesus gives it to us. He told his disciples, he said, here's how you do it, that they may see your good deeds. What does good deeds mean? Obedience. Obedience. I don't think we talk about obedience enough in church. It's hard to be obedient. It's hard to do what God says to do. It's hard to do what this Bible says to do because, it is, again, it is opposite of what the world says. But he says when you are obedient, people will see how you live and it will be like, man, that's really awesome. That person is different. That person has something different going on in them. I remember being lost as a goose when I was in middle school and junior high. I didn't know the Lord. I thought I did. I put on a, a front to everybody. I was fake. And I used to look at people who really knew the Lord, and I was like, man, something's different about them. They're not prideful. They just live a different life, and I wanted that. So here's my question for you students. Don't answer out loud. Think to yourself. Are you living in a way that puts God on display or puts yourself on display, or puts something else on display? What are you displaying to others? What are people seeing in your life? What example are you giving them? I want to give you three challenges as we end, three real practical challenges. The last month, you guys have been taking notes on a piece of paper. We didn't give you any for this week, this month, but I want you to write this down if you can in your phone or on a piece of paper. If you don't have anything, you can ask somebody in your small group, and they'll give it to you. Three things I want to challenge you to do to start pointing to Christ in everything that you do. Number one, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself, students. Sometimes we have things that are hidden that are going on that we don't want to confront, we don't want to be honest with. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with others. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's a leader that you just need to say, hey, I need help. I'm struggling. Maybe it's a friend that you trust that also loves the Lord and loves you and cares about you? Be honest with yourself. 
Be honest with him, because when you start being honest with yourself, you can be honest with him and say, Lord, I am, I'm just not in a good place. I've been pointing people to me or to this or to that, but not to you. The second one is this, serve others. You're going to see a video from me <laughs> in just a second. Um, and it's about a challenge that we want you to do this, this month, all November long, every single week. And you'll hear more about it. We're going to give you a challenge. We want you to serve others. We want you to point others to Christ because that's how he lived. That's how Jesus lived. He pointed people to the Father. So serve others. And here's a last challenge. This might be tough for some of you. This would have been really tough for me. It's still tough for me to this day. I want to challenge you to memorize scripture. I want to challenge you to memorize scripture. Why? Because when you feel those moments of pride, of doubt, of man, I, I want to point people to me or I want this instead of what the Lord wants for me, you can quote verses, you can say verses in your mind or out loud, and it's going to put you back in the right place. Scripture is powerful, but the problem is many times we don't know verses to be able to say them over our lives or we can't find them. And that's okay because it was hard for me too. But I want to challenge you to dive into this book and to start memorizing. Maybe just one verse a month, maybe one verse a week. I want to challenge you to do that. One thing that we're going to do, and we'll send this out to your leaders so they can give to you or maybe we can have for you next week, Erica, is I want to give you some verses that are really simple to memorize. Like, where do I start? We're going to provide you with some verses, some verses that you can, you can memorize and, and make it a priority in your life. Wow, such a great reminder from Seth. Love hearing from him and what God spoke through him. Uh, we're going to jump in to Aaron's message and hear what she has to say. So good to see all of you here. Um, so we're going to be starting a new series today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead, go to Matthew 5. Um, Matthew 5, we're going to be looking at three verses today, 14 through 16. And if you've been in church at all, um, you've probably heard these three verses before. But I don't want that to stop you from paying attention this morning. I know it's easy because I do it all the time. If you hear verses before, you know, those, those popular ones, those ones you hear all the time, it's easy to kind of overlook them or think, I've heard this before. But I think that something so cool about Scripture is that we can learn something new from it every single time that we read it. And so today we are going to be looking 14 through 16. Before we get there, um, one thing that you just kind of know about your house, so say if you've lived in the same house for a long time, if it's nighttime, if it's super dark outside, you can usually get around in the night even if you can't see anything, right? Like even if it's super dark, you can usually find your way around the couch, to the fridge, wherever you need to go because you generally know the landscape of your house if you've lived there for a long time, right? You, like you know how to get places even if it's pitch black, even if it's so dark. And so recently I moved into a new house. I lived in the same house um, from the time I was fifth grade, from the time a couple years, from re just recently. And so I knew that house like the back of my hand, right? Like I could walk all around it. I could get to the fridge late at night. I could get to where I needed to go, even if I couldn't see one thing, just kind of like by feeling around because I knew the layout of the house. So recently I moved, and I thought that I would be able to do this, but little did I know that I cannot. I was always running into things. I'm always running into the couch, running into the walls, trying not to fall down the stairs. Because whenever we don't know where we're going, whenever we don't know what's, where everything is, 
We need light, right? Even if it's pitch black, we can't get around. We need light to see. It is a necessary thing in our life. And so today we're going to be looking at this passage and it'll tell us that we are light and how much we are needed in this dark world. So if you have a Bible, read with me. If you don't, that's okay. It'll be on the screen. We're going to read Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So a little background on this passage. It comes from Matthew 5. It's also known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's a One of the greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus, he's on a mountain, and he is speaking directly to the disciples. The disciples were Jesus' 12 people that followed Jesus closely, and he is speaking directly to them. But like we see with Jesus, whenever he's around, there's always a crowd. So Jesus is speaking. It would be like, I'm speaking directly to you two, but there was a huge crowd. There were so many other people there listening. That's what it would have been like. There were a lot of people listening. So Jesus is speaking directly to his people, the ones that follow him closely, but there is a crowd around. He's speaking to all of them. And so as followers of Jesus, we can take Jesus's words here. We can take everything he says to the disciples and we can apply it to our lives as well because we also are followers of Jesus. And so we're going to break it down verse by verse. Let's look back at verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. Okay, so the first question I think we need to answer is why us? Why are we the light of the world? And I think it's important to to recognize in John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus is saying this about him. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so it's important to note that we are called the light of the world, not because of ourselves, Not because we are awesome and great and talented and all these things. Not because of anything we did in ourselves, but because if you are a believer in Jesus, if you are a follower of Christ, you have Jesus living inside you, which is something that I feel like we don't talk about enough. But if you have accepted Jesus into your heart, you have him living inside of you, and that is why you are the light of the world. Not because of anything you did to deserve it or earn it, but simply because Jesus wants you to hit, Jesus wants to use you and he lives inside of you. We are called not because of ourselves but because he lives in us. That is why he calls us the light of the world here. The second part of the verse says a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So this is a parable Jesus likes to use these illustrations to um, illustrate a specific point or that we're going to be looking at today. So he says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So literally, we don't have hills here or mountains, um, but if you've ever been anywhere with hills or mountains, you know that anything on the top you can see, right? Like my family and I, we go to lakes every summer, and there are so many, they're so hilly, and there's always a house on the top, and it's like, whoa, look at that house. It is so cool up there. It is on the top of a hill, and that is what he's saying here. Things that are on top of a hill or a mountain, they cannot be hidden. Everyone can see it. You are exposed. They are vulnerable, and the same is true for us. When you are a follower of Jesus, if you walk closely with him, you are going to be exposed to everyone around you. 
You're going to be exposed to this um, persecution that some people who don't understand why you live the way you do. You're going to be vulnerable to people coming at you, saying things that maybe aren't the best. You are going to be exposed and vulnerable when we are followers of Jesus. So we have to be confident in who God has made us and what he has called us to do. And I don't want you to, to miss that word confident. Confident not in yourself, but confident in who God is in you. Not in ourselves, but in who God is. Let's look at the first part of verse 15. It says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. So what's Jesus telling us here? He's telling us simply that light is not meant to be hidden. You are not meant to be disguised. If you've ever lost power at your house, you know how necessary candles and flashlights are. Um, and those things serve a specific purpose. Serve a specific purpose to illuminate the dark places. To bring light when, where things are hurting, where things aren't going the right way. I was thinking about this. A lot of people have these things, right, called iPhones. If you have a droid, I'm sorry. But we have iPhones. And I could take my iPhone and I could use it as a coaster, right? Like, I could use it to put my water on. I can use my iPhone as a coaster. Like, it works. But it's not what this iPhone was designed for, right? This iPhone was designed for me to communicate, for me to be able to talk to people who I'm not with, to check up with my friends on social media. This iPhone has so much more value than a coaster, right? This iPhone was a thousand plus dollars, and it has so much more value than a coaster. And so the reality is you can use your light that you have in you if you're a follower of Jesus. You can use your light in the right way or the wrong way. And I want you to think about it for a second. If you really are honest with yourself, how, what are you using your light for? The right things? Pointing towards Jesus, loving other people, serving others. Is that what you're using your light for? Or are you, you using your light to point to yourself, to your own accomplishments? so people will follow you. I think that we all have our light, and you can either use it in the right way or the wrong way. Don't hide your light. Don't use your light for the wrong things. There's so many things that come in the way and that prevent us from using our light in the right way. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe your emotions or feelings prevent you from using your, from your light shining. Maybe if you're living in sin, constantly the same sin over and over, that can hide your light. The desire to be popular, to fit in, is one that I felt very real when I was in high school. That can hide and, sh and shadow your light. If your priorities are not in order, your light will not shine. So ask yourself, what is getting in the way of your light shining and reaching other people? What is it for you? It's going to be different for every single person in here. The second part of this verse says, Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So what is he telling us here? He's saying, we put lamps, we put lights on a stand. When you walk into a room, the lights aren't on the ground, right? That wouldn't make any sense. The lights are always up on stands, elevated, so it can illuminate the whole room, the whole area. And I don't want us to get confused here. He's not saying for us to elevate ourselves. He not, he's not saying for us to look at, to have everyone look at us and see how great we are. But the message here is more Jesus, right? Elevate Jesus, less of me. More Jesus, less of me. That is what he's saying here. 
And our culture is going to tell us the opposite, right? Our culture is going to tell us that you be you, um, you are awesome, you are great, you can do anything, which is all great encouraging messages. But the truth is that we need more of Jesus, right? More of the one who's perfect, more of the one who saved us, more of the one, the only person, perfect person to ever live. We need more of him and less of me. So elevate Jesus less of us. Elevate Jesus less of us. And so I love the word in this verse. It says, it gives light to everyone in the house, right? Which seems simple. But then I started thinking about that word give, right? It says, it gives light to everyone in the house. I wish I had $5 on me, but if I were to call one of you up here and give you $5 and say, okay, go sit back down, you didn't do anything to earn that $5, right? I just gave it to you because I wanted to. I gave it to you. And so when our light shines, it will give light to everyone around them. It will touch them. And it's just up to the other people how they are going to receive that light. The last verse, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So this final verse is really telling us the how. How do we let our light shine? How do we reach others with the good news of Jesus? And here he says, let your good deeds, let them see your good deeds. People see Jesus in us through how we live our lives, how we love people, how we serve people, how we're kind to people. That is how people see Jesus in us. We point to Jesus by the way we live our lives. And so I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, what made Jesus the light of the world? In John 7, 46, it says, no one ever spoke the way this man does. So his words. Jesus was kind. He was encouraging to everyone he came around. His words. But more importantly, his actions. Jesus's actions. In John 10, 25, it says, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. Jesus' works made who he was manifestly clear, and his works continue to shine today. And so the ultimate question that I want to ask you today is, are you living in a way that puts God on display? Is that how you are living? Are you living more of Jesus, less of me, a way that puts God on display? The truth is the people that will shine the brightest for Jesus aren't going to be the smartest. They're not going to be um, the ones who can always articulate things the clearest. They're not going to have the biggest platform, the most followers on Instagram. Those aren't the people that, going, that are going to shine the most. The people that will shine the most for Jesus are going to be the most servant-hearted, the ones that sacrificially love people the most, who just simply live, try to live like Jesus did. And so be honest with yourself. How are you living? Are you living in a way that puts Jesus on display? And if you're not, that's okay. But today is a perfect day to start putting Christ on display in everything you do. Because your light will impact those it reaches. Right? Like this light, you are able to see me because of this light. <laughs> Whenever you have light, it will impact those that it reaches. So think about that, and I want you to talk about that in your small groups. How are you using your light to impact other people?